The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, it's been a pretty good year for Zero RB, in my opinion. And that's going to continue here into Week 16, your semifinal. We've got Ronald Jones, maybe Justin Jackson, maybe Samaje Ryan, Jeff Wilson still available in a lot of leagues. You can pick up these guys. You can put them in your lineup. We'll talk about it right now on Fantasy Football Today. I'm not even going to ask you, Jamie. It's a good week for the waiver wire. There are three potential must-start guys if things break right for you this week. And then some very other good flex options. So, yes, it's a great week on the waiver wire given the uh, lack of competition for uh, other fantasy managers trying to steal these guys as well. And, Dave, I have a question for you. Hmm. How does an experienced veteran productive quarterback face a secondary full of backups and throw for 87 (laughs) yards? How did that happen? That's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, look, uh, you've got to give credit to the Bears defense for scheming up something and using some players that they had on their bench that maybe they should have used earlier in the year. Uh, I, I thought their secondary played a lot better. And you you saw that first touchdown early in the game to Justin Jefferson, and you think to yourself, it's going to be a long night for the Bears defense. But the front seven really stepped up. They were working real hard to get to Kirk Cousins. And that secondary played well. They've got some potential stars on that defense. Well, I will say, objectively, that was one of the most boring games of the season. So hopefully, tonight's games are better. And that's where we're going to start. We'll get to the waiver wire in a moment, but we have a lot of questions. Daryl Henderson or Sony Michelle? Sony Michelle or Daryl Henderson? Sony Henderson or Daryl <laughs> Michelle? Jamie, who's the best Rams running back tonight? Daryl Hannah. Um, so <laughs> I, I think uh, I'm going to stick with Sony Michelle still. Um, over Henderson, but it would not be a surprise if Henderson is better because of what Sean McVay alluded to, according to Jordan Rodriguez, who covers the Rams for the Athletic, that he's involved in the passing game because we know that pass-catching running backs do well against the Seahawks. So I would like to see Michelle just kind of stay in the majority role, you know, more of an 80% type of role, and then we get an answer coming off this week. But um, it's not it's not very uh, very encouraging to, to say you have to trust either one just because we don't know. It's really guessing it. Yeah. Keep an eye out for reports before the game. You might get a report. Oh, blah, blah, blah is expected to shoulder the workload. Then, then you might have a better idea. Dave, would you start Rashad Penny over a Rams running back as of right now, as of 8.50 a.m.? I believe I still have Sony Michelle ranked higher. So I guess the answer to that question is no. Okay. But the more I, I thought about the matchup, the more I liked Rashad Penny and just the track record of how running backs have done lately. They've found a way to get decent yardage and find the end zone against this team. And if the Seahawks find themselves in the first and goal from the one, something like that, maybe even inside the five, I think that's Penny time. I think you'll see him have a shot to score in that situation. Dave, who's the best Rams wide receiver other than Cup, Jefferson or Beckham? 
It's I, I have Beckham higher, and I know he didn't get a, as much practice time this week as Van Jefferson did, and I think it's really close between the two of them. But I just I like the way he's played over the last couple of games. I like the way Van's played too. I think there's a little bit more upside with OBJ. Jamie, are we good with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders tonight? Uh, yes. I think Jalen Hurts is a good starting option based on what he'll do with his legs. And uh, hopefully he takes advantage of this beat-up defense. And I think Miles Sanders will also take advantage of this beat-up defense. And Jordan Howard's not a bad flyer as well if you're stuck, uh, certainly for DFS as well. But I like the upside for Jalen Hurts a lot. Jamie, Ricky Seals-Jones, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. Well, Higby's out. Um, Sorry. And Ricky Seals-Jones might be out. So Gerald Everett would be the safest of the bunch. Uh, okay, I thought Ricky Seals-Jones was going to play at least. He's questionable, so mm-hmm. I haven't seen his, his status update, but he's been dealing with a non-COVID-related illness. Okay, all right, so we'll go with Everett. All right, then, let's go to the waiver wire. That's why you're all here. As we get into week 16, well, soon we'll get into week 16. We still have two games left. Top three priorities, top three or four, whatever it is, Jamie, who's uh, who's out there? Who should we be looking at? Uh, Ronald Jones number one by far. And uh, Leonard Fournette is out. That's that's obviously the caveat. But um, he was awesome last year in the games where Fournette didn't play. And I think he'll take advantage of a Carolina defense that he beat up on last year when Fournette was playing. So uh, he, he's, as of now, the start of the week if, uh, if Fournette doesn't go. Um, next would be uh, Amara St. Brown. Uh, we've been talking about him for a long time. I loved him coming into the season as a potential, uh, you know, fantasy receiver, you know, as the season went on. And that's certainly materialized with TJ Hawkinson being out. DeAndre Swift coming back could maybe put a little bit of wrinkle and throw a little wrench at that. Uh, but I still love the setup for him. He's just been awesome for three weeks in a row. And then the third guy is much more of a, what is happening here, but that would be Justin Jackson. If there is no Austin Eckler, which as of now, Eckler is in the clear, uh, but it's very, very cloudy situation. Um, initial reports indicated that he was going to be placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. And then when the uh, list came out of the players who were on the reserve COVID-19 list, he was not among them. Now the beat writers covering the chargers expect him to go on that list. But as of now, he's not, but I still think as we get to the waiver wire process, whether it's Tuesday night for you or Wednesday night, you should be putting in a claim for Justin Jackson because he would be a must start running back. If in fact, Eckler's out. And it's a tough call, I would say, between Jackson and, and Jeff Wilson and Samaj P. Ryan, who also has this opportunity here. So why don't we do this, guys? Why don't we say let if Eckler is out and Mixon is out, how would you rank P. Ryan, Jackson, and Wilson? Uh, Dave. Jackson would be first for me. If we knew for sure that Eckler was out, I, I, I'd have a tough time putting him ahead of Ronald Jones as far as the priority off the waiver wire because I think more people will gravitate toward Jones than Jackson. But I like Jackson better than Jones this week if indeed Eckler's out. He's taken on Houston. Their run defense is terrible. Jackson's he'll, he'll a good split, though, right? I mean, it seems there pretty will be a split, obvious, but I think split. Jackson's the better back of the two. Yeah. So I, I get where you're coming from on that. And like I said, Ronald Jones would be the first guy you'd claim off waivers anyway, but Jackson would be – Close behind him, Piran would be behind Jackson. Wilson would be behind both. Okay, and the thing about Wilson, it's a Thursday game, so you know, you if you're trying sure. to decide between picking up Wilson and, or waiting it out on Piran or something like that, you might have to play it safe. And the Titans actually are the number one team against running backs. I'm not sure they've I, been great lately. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure I buy it. If you look at the game logs, but I mean, we're 15 weeks in. 
and they're number one against running backs, probably should buy into it a little bit here. It's it's always the you know Not playing your, Atlanta. Your strength versus their strength. You know, and the problem with Wilson is you have Debo Samuel still there. Mitchell's not going to play. At least that's what, you know, Kyle Shanahan right. indicated last week when he was ruling out Elijah Mitchell, said he wasn't optimistic about him playing on the short week. And I'm sure, you know, with their playoff aspirations starting to look a little clearer, I, I would imagine they want that guy 100% healthy if they can. The nice thing about Wilson is after this game, he said this is the best he's felt and finally feels like himself again. So that's a very encouraging sign. Um you know, they're, they're going to be playing against a Titans team coming off a very physical game against the Steelers, so that defense is probably going to be a little bit beat up whether they're on the injury report or not. These are always situations you look at whenever, you know, a team goes against a tough opponent, uh, especially with the short turnaround. So I don't think Wilson is horrible. I actually like Wilson slightly better than P. Ryan because, of, I mean, the Ravens' defense is clearly not an easy matchup as well. Um, but it's, it's more format-specific. I think P. Ryan's got a little bit of an edge in PPR. Wilson has probably an edge in non-PPR. Uh, this is a game where the Bengals, if they're smart, they just really attack this Baltimore secondary like they did the first time around when Jamar Chase went for 200 yards in that matchup. All right, Dave, I'm going to ask you for your top priorities on the waiver wire, but I want to throw out Antonio Brown as well. Let's assume in some leagues that he might be available. He is 78% rostered. So if he's part of the equation, who are your top priorities? I think Antonio Brown could be a league winner. So... It, it really just comes down to how badly do I need a, a wide receiver? If I've got a team that had just lost Godwin or lost Evans, it sounds like Evans will be week to week, might be out for the rest of the regular season for fantasy football. Then I probably would prioritize Antonio Brown ahead of those running backs. But if I don't necessarily need a receiver, he's going to the back of the line. And it's really only in shallow leagues anyway, where he would be available in the first place. If you're going to add Brown in the conversation, you got to put Russell Gage in there as well. Cause he's at 74%. And Gage would be probably ahead of Amara St. Brown, just based on the opportunity. But behind yeah, Ronald definitely. Jones. Behind Ronald Jones, yeah. Yeah. Joe, be I, behind all those running backs. No, I would put Gage second ahead of the other guys because the other guys have much more uncertainty. Gage, you know he's locked in. Yeah, and he's got the Lions, and they're just horrible against number one receivers typically. He's uh, been awesome. He's been the number one receiver for the last month. Really? Yeah, he's really he's been terrific, and uh, it, it's uh, it's been a great waiver wire pickup for sure. So Ronald Jones, I give out these numbers on yesterday's podcast, but he had four games last year without Leonard Fournette. One of those games, Fournette played one snap, so I'll count that. And Jones scored in, in decimal scoring. He scored twelve point eight or more non PPR points in every game. He scored fifteen point five, fifteen point four or more PPR fantasy points in every game, and he absolutely dominated touches. There was a little bit of McCoy. There was a little bit of Keyshawn Vaughn. But he dominated and Fournette, 19 total touches in all four of them. Wow. And, and Fournette, I would expect something um, close to that here. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Fournette is not officially ruled out, but Bruce Arian said Ronald Jones has got to step up the same way Fournette stepped up last year when Jones got hurt. So there, uh, there was some talk after the game about the reason why Vaughn played a little bit more than expected is because Jones' conditioning wasn't good. You guys catch that? No. That seemed a little, that seemed a little strange to me. Like he would break a couple of longer runs in the game and then he'd be on the sideline. I guess just a little gas there. Well, he's a little tough to trust. He <laughs> he just gets to the doghouse kind of quickly and then he Brady does. was screaming true, at him at one point. Anybody else though. Yeah, exactly. And you you mentioned the track record that he has when Fournette's out at him. Now he's taking on a Panthers defense. They've given up at least 13 PPR points to four of the last five running backs they faced. On paper, they look like a really good defense, but they really haven't been. 
Yeah, and they've given up a rushing touchdown to a running back in five of their last six games. They just games. made Devin Singletary look good. Exactly. Well, That's Singletary a- had 22 carries, I think, right? I mean, it took him a while to get Singletary played there. a ton of snaps and looked really good, and I think Jones could absolutely follow suit. Yeah, it's exciting, and hopefully there's some catches there too because they they desperately need it. You know, Fournette had seven catches and a half last week. Um, hopefully there's some there catches. Probably a couple drops in there as well. Definitely we're talking about Rojo getting targeted. <laughs> All right, so it's exciting. You know, Jackson potentially with a, with this great matchup against Houston. Uh, Wilson coming off a good game, but he did struggle before that. And then P Ryan, what what if P Ryan plays? Uh, if if Mixon doesn't play, I should say. What, what kind of role would Evans have, do you think? Would he take P. Ryan off the field? Because if you have only a running downs back going up against the Ravens, then you actually might not have a very good start at all. No, he would be more than just a running downs back, P. Ryan. I think he would split that passing downs role with Evans, and Evans would be just like a, a guy to give P. Ryan a breather. I get the sense that the Bengals definitely trust P. Ryan as their backup running back. And I mean, they've used yeah. him as their passing downs back when Mixon's healthy. He has eight catches in his last three games. One of those is a four-catch game. Uh, that was against San Francisco last week. He's played – he's had two games this season with double digits and carries. One of them was against the Ravens earlier this year, and in both those games he scored at least 14 PPR points. So when the touches have been up for him, he's been successful. It's just a matter of, you know, which Ravens run defense shows up. And for the most part, for the last, you know, two months, they've been amazing. And yeah. which Bengals offensive line shows up. That's also a part of the equation. Because Mixon game. hasn't exactly been awesome in his last two games. 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Okay, so we're going to have our waiver wire live stream tonight, but it's going to be earlier than usual. Typically, it's at 8 p.m. It's going to be at 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. We will see you there to talk waiver wire at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Why are we doing that? Because the games kick off at 7. I don't know how this is going to work on Fox. Are they going to just show one up here? Are they going to go back and forth? Why I mean, I are guess they? It's regional. Well, the t- the guide said NFL action or something like that. So you know, on my cable box. So maybe they haven't figured it out yet. But can I get Rams Seahawks, please? That would be better. Um, <laughs> anyway, you don't want to watch your Eagles. <laughs> huge game. These are huge games, especially the Washington Philadelphia game. It's kind of an elimination game. I mean, I don't think either of those teams will end up in the playoffs, but they they've got a shot. Really Mike. Schedule's good. Yeah, I mean, this is a really exciting finish with how close these playoff races are. It's good stuff. What a crappy week Too bad for the offense, games haven't though. really matched up to that. I, I mean, Chris mentioned this yesterday on the on the Monday show. This NFL Sunday, I wish I remembered exactly what it was, had the fewest touchdowns for any Sunday with 10 or more games since yeah. I think the mid-90s. It was just uh and it, it continued like on it. Monday. It does. There were 10 Don't you think Sunday? Well, there, were t- there, were. there were 10, yeah. Don't doesn't it feel like maybe this whole like it's a combination of we're in December now the seasons lasted a long time players are getting worn down you add COVID on top of it and teams maybe not practicing as much or as hard as they were earlier this year and this is kind of the result that we get the product isn't as good we've had one game this whole week that's been really exciting down to the wire the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Was okay, it the that's Chief, fair. Chiefs Char- oh, what were you thinking? Chiefs Chargers. I was thinking Ravens Packers. Oh, yeah. Brilliant game. That was great. Yeah. And the, the finish of the Raiders game was fun. It was an impressive comeback by All the right. Browns. But it was a, yep. it was a lousy game. It was but it a was, boring it was game. clouded by a miserable first half. Uh, Schrager giving me the updated stat. Among NFL Sundays with 10-plus games played, 
This week was the lowest amount of touchdowns scored on a Sunday since week 13 in 1994. And let's move on here. Uh, a couple God, things. Were you even born then, Ben? <laughs> I wasn't even a thought. Yeah, he wasn't even alive when that happened. No, he, that's 27 years? No. Adam was like five years old. No, I was 10. I was 10 years old, Dave. All right, so we got news and notes for you here. but I was graduating high school. You guys can uh, disagree with this, but if you'd like, uh, play a little defense on your waiver wire this week and keep those players away from your opponent if you can. See what your opponent needs and put it, you know, obviously your needs first. Be selfish, but then be even more selfish and take from other people. You know, don't just, oh, I only need one running back. I'm only going to put in one claim. No, get rid of the useless players on your bench and pick up all of these guys, even if you don't intend to start them. However many you can pick up, you know, don't don't lose because someone else picked up P. Ryan or whatever it may be. And if you haven't already, get your waivers. I would run them on Wednesday night instead of Tuesday night. Because first of all, some people might make their waiver claims without even knowing if they advanced, you know? Exactly. So... I would recommend Wednesday night. News and notes. We got Mixon. We got Fournette. We got Evans week to week. We got Godwin with an ACL tear. What a bummer. Yeah. And we also have Levante David. Their run defense much worse earlier this year when he didn't play. Tampa Bay linebacker Levante David. He left with a foot injury. Check on him. A.J. Brown. He's designated to return. They have a short week, a Thursday game against the 49ers. Unlikely to have Julio. Maybe we'll have A.J. Brown. Uh, Philip Lindsay and Jalen Waddell are off the reserve COVID list, and Malcolm Brown will practice this week. And by the way, you haven't even heard us say Duke Johnson yet. Even after that great game, he's he's a low priority because of the matchup and some uncertainty in the backfield. Next two weeks. Yeah, who is it? Uh, New Orleans, then Tennessee. Good luck. Tennessee, yeah. Uh, we've got the Eckler news that Jamie already mentioned. Is he going to be on the reserve COVID list? That's expected. It hasn't happened yet. They will be without Joey Bosa. And center Corey Lindsley is also on the COVID list. Um, Travis Kelsey, that's a decently piece of decent piece of big news there. Kelsey's he's, on he's the totally vaccinated though, so it sounds like he'll be back. I, I'm not confident in saying I, I'm hopeful. I don't know exactly how the new protocols are going to work. I would say a week ago, I would think no, he wouldn't be back, but more hopeful now. So Kelsey plus starting cornerback Traverius Ward and Harrison Bucker all on the COVID list. They are expecting Chris Jones, linebacker Willie Gay, and receiver Josh Gordon back. They were missing two key members of their defense last week. Should get them back this week. Kendrick Bourne is on the COVID list. Rashawn Slater, left tackle for the Chargers. He's off. So is Jamal Williams, which makes the... I said that one, actually. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, Which I talk fast. Jamal Williams coming off the COVID list makes the Lions situation a little cloudy. And Swift could play. You know, that's, yes. That would actually clear things up, probably. He's going to practice this week. He's got a chance. Uh, Daniel Jones is out for the season. Big decision coming on him for the Giants. Will Fuller what not expect... I. Well, it's just a bad quarterback they, draft. They, so. they fire Dave Gettleman and they hire a random fan who happens to be Adam Azer. <laughs> I read a... Uh, I'll tell you a second... I would keep. I wouldn't draft a quarterback because it's a bad year. But I'd try to do everything I could to get Wilson or whoever with uh, two top six picks. I think if I'm the Seahawks and Wilson definitely wants out, and the Giants offer two two firsts and Daniel Jones, I take it. It's not bad. Five and six. This is a really good draft. It's not a good draft for skill position players, at least at the top. But for for linemen, for pass rushers, it's a great draft. 
I'm not sure if I take that deal if I'm the Giants. I think I would. <laughs> but two ones and Daniel Jones. Well, Daniel so Jones Russell is, is you know how old is Russ? Thirty four. Thirty four ish. Okay, so you've got maybe four good years, mm-hmm. five good years left. You never I know. Mean, is, he, is he really he, gonna? Is he gonna change the course of that offense? Given what the offensive line looks like now, he makes them a playoff contender right away by walking in the building. So yes. Yeah, I think so. They got enough talent that he could make something out of He's it. Thirty three. Um, yeah, I don't, behind that offensive line, I get a little nervous. You know, it's every week. It seems like the waiver wire tight ends just really stink, and now you got <laughs> Pat Fryermuth with the concussion. So hopefully he can make it back. And those are the main injuries. Teddy Bridgewater has a concussion. We'll see about him. And for IDP, I mentioned this yesterday, but for IDP, Aziz Alshair is going to be a game-time decision on Thursday. Linebacker for the Niners has been a freaking star in IDP. All right, let's go position by position here. Jamie, you can start. We haven't talked about a quarterback yet. Who are the top quarterbacks on waivers this week? It's a weird week. Um, I actually put Roethlisberger first because I think the setup is is what we like for him. They're going to most likely be chasing points because they're chasing points every week. They go into the fourth quarter trailing almost on a weekly basis. And so uh, given some of the injury concerns or guys who are missing right now for the Chiefs, uh, Roethlisberger, 28 or more fantasy points in two of his last three road games, uh, 20 or more fantasy points in uh, five, four of his last six overall. So he's he, to me, is the safest one. Now, Tyler Huntley has the most upside. Uh, but we just don't know what the status is of Lamar Jackson. So if you just want to gamble on somebody, uh, Huntley's in a good spot. And I think also Jared Goff's in a good spot, um, you know, if in fact he clears the COVID-19 protocols because the Falcons, as we know, are just not very good defensively. And he's played well. His receivers are finally starting to look like a a real receiving core. Um, So he's not bad. Cam Newton is very risky, but he's not bad either, you know, just based on the rushing potential. So there's a lot of risk at the quarterback position. So that's why I put Roethlisberger first because he feels the safest. Where are you going to rank Brady? Should the Brady managers be looking at the waiver wire? I have him right ahead of all this this mess. So he's a 12 for me. Okay, and then just so we don't have to wait to get there, we got uh, Taysom Hill, Garoppolo, and and Tua who are available in about 20%, 25% of leagues. Do and all like, of them either, though. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Are they ahead of Roethlisberger? We're talking Taysom Hill against Miami, Tua in that same matchup Monday night, and Garoppolo against Tennessee. No, Ben's ahead of them. Okay. It uh, hasn't been a great two months or a month and a half for quarterbacks, not not specifically waiver wire, just quarterbacks in general, and this uh, waiver wire week doesn't look great, I guess. At worst, Tyler Huntley on your list, Jamie? Second. I said he would be first if we knew Jackson was out. Got it. Okay. All right, Dave's going to tell us about the best running backs to get after he tells us about a refreshment that is sponsoring our show today, Dave. Yeah. uh, So you guys remember that I always talk about how I've got things going on at home and family stuff, and sometimes I just need to take a little break and uh, just relax a little bit. And one of those beers that I like to relax with a little bit is Miller Lite. My wife's family comes to Florida every year to see us, to get away from the cold in Chicago and in Maryland where they're from. And uh, my wife did something pretty cool the other day. When they were here, they were driving her crazy. She just kind of <laughs> pulled me over to the side and said, you want to get out of here? And I was like, yeah, where do you want to go? And she loves this restaurant in Florida that we go to all the time. So we kind of ditched my in-laws 
And we went to this restaurant and they've got a little outside bar and we sat there and she ordered her foofy drink, whatever. And I ordered a Miller Lite and it was just a really great low calorie beer. And it went down easy and we just relaxed a little bit and able to just have a great conversation about our son who's you know, getting ready to leave us. He's he's 17 years old. Our daughter who's getting ready to go into high school. We talked about her parents. We talked about my parents. We talked about everything going on. And it was just this really great conversation between my wife and I, my best friend and I, all over our favorite drinks, hers with whoever she had and me with a Miller Lite. And so I just, I got to thinking, everybody should do this. Everybody should get a chance to go out with their, their buddy from school that they haven't seen in a long time or their wife if they want to just get a moment to just you know, unplug a little bit from this crazy holiday chaos that's going on and just pull up to a bar or go to your store and chill in your backyard if you can with a Miller Lite. And so that's what we did. And we felt great afterwards. We came back home. We were in a good mood. Um, we weren't doing anything ridiculous or anything like that. We were just there for a few minutes. And uh, I felt good about myself, too, because I didn't have this heavy drink with a ton of calories. We know that Miller Lite is great taste with just 96 calories. Um, and, and the best part about it, I learned this, you can get it delivered to you. If you go to MillerLite.com forward slash FFT, you can get delivery options where Miller Lite comes to you. You don't even have to go to a bar like we did. There you go, Dave. You're a sucker. I, I guess so. So next time, I think I'm just going to have it delivered to me. And... Uh, just relax at home. All right. So yep. Miller Lite, Miller Lite was that beer for us that uh, that just it just made a very hectic moment very easy to deal with. All right, Miller Lite, great taste, ninety six calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash FFT. Find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, ninety six calories and three point two carbs per twelve ounces. That's right. good for me because I'm a fatty. Dave or Jamie, we um, are. Yeah, let's let's move on. All right, let's move on to running backs now. Running backs, uh, Dave. Go ahead, lay it out one more time. Ronald Jones is going to be the one that everybody's going to target first off the waiver wire. He's 64 percent available. Great matchup against Carolina this week. Should be the lead running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Keyshawn Vaughn might play in certain passing down situations, but he's never really shown anything since being drafted by the Bucs way back when. He's number one. He should be the number one priority. If Austin Eckler ends up on the COVID list between when you hear this and when you actually have to put in your waiver wire claims, Justin Jackson should be your number two. I think he's the Chargers' best running back, and they're taking on a Texans team that's allowed a touchdown to a running back in 11 of their last 13 games. So there's definite opportunity for Justin Jackson to be that guy. Joshua Kelly will make the list, but he's further down. Samaje Pirine would be third. That's assuming that Joe Mixon is out. Hopefully we get an idea about him. And Jeff Wilson is fourth for me, but I'm not going to fight you on Wilson. If you definitely need a running back this week, I don't think Elijah Mitchell plays. We just saw Wilson play outstanding football against Atlanta. He's got a tough matchup against Tennessee. The Titans have allowed less than two yards per carry to running backs three of their last four games. I think only one rushing touchdown in those last four games as well. So it's not the easiest matchup for him, but I think he's in line for 15 touches. That's my top four among running backs. Okay, and are you starting them over Zeke, over Barkley? These frustrating guys. Uh, Ronald sure. Jones, 100% yes, and Justin Jackson, yes, if Eckler's up. Agreed. Okay. I, 
you know, to pump the brakes a little bit on Jackson, Kelly had two carries from the four-yard line or closer. He had a carry at the one. I'm not saying he is the goal line back. I'm just saying that it could be either one of them and they get near the end right. zone. There, there, there is much more risk involved with Jackson than there is with Ronald Jones because of these scenarios. So without Giovanni Bernard, they're obviously without Leonard Fournette there. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn got the eye roll from Tom Brady on the drop, so you know that's not going to work out well in his favor. <laughs> um, not that Ronald Jones is safe. You mentioned Adam. He's he's uh, he's in some cases a ticking time bomb if he fumbles, and he fumbled in the game against Carolina last season when he was dominating in that matchup as well. So, um, but you would it would not surprise me. Larry Roundtree will get elevated, and we could see maybe him getting some touches also. Jackson looked awesome against the Chiefs um, in tandem with Eckler, so that's what you have to bank on. But it wouldn't surprise me either way if 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 Joshua Kelly got a hot hand, uh, got goal line, got Roundtree, got in there and got some opportunities. Uh, but I do think Jackson's in a really good spot if Eckler does miss time. Okay, Jamie, who are the top wide receivers to get? Yeah, Monroe St. Brown is my favorite one. Uh, I put Marquez Valdez-Scantling second, and then it gets a little cloudy after that. I put Gabriel Davis third, you know, just based on what he's what he's shown us the last few weeks. And, and obviously, um, you know, it's kind of contingent on Emmanuel Sanders being out, but uh, tough matchup against the Patriots. I think Josh Allen's going to play better than he did the last time around because of the you know weather conditions. Uh, but going into Foxborough is not going to be easy. But the top two guys to me are are, are, are potential starters. Myron St. Brown is a slam dunk must start guy, and then MVS is you know showing you enough that he can be a a, a solid starter in three receiver league just based on the upside. And of course, if Antonio Brown and or Russell Gage are available, they would be the top two priorities there. Dave, you get the glamour position this week. Tight ends. I've got Gerald Everett first. It's pending how he looks and plays on Tuesday. But if, if he continues to see good target volume like we've seen over the last month, I'd shrug my shoulders and take the chance on him. It's a close call between him and Cole Komet. Komet's coming off an awesome game. Probably one of the big, biggest stars of the game on Monday night. Uh, can he consistently do it? Yeah, maybe he can. But I'd, I'd rather have Everett for now. If Everett stinks it up, if he has more drops and – maybe we see his playing time go down against the Rams, then I'll flip it and Komet can be first. But for now, Everett is at the top, followed by Komet. I don't have a third one. I guess RSJ would be third, but I don't even know if he's playing this week. I don't know how good I'd feel starting him. So give me just the top two at tight end. Hopefully you don't need one. I know everybody's freaking out about Travis Kelsey. Hopefully he ends up playing. Uh, I don't like any of the Chiefs tight ends that are going to replace him. I think it'll be a split between Blake Bell and Noah Gray. So Everett one, commit two for now, but it's in pencil. So Adam, I, I left off most of the guys that are playing in, in Tuesday's game. Uh, as I wrote in the column, I'll, I'll add these guys uh, depending on what happens. Um, the one thing I'll say about anybody that's not paying attention to what happens in the game for the Seahawks, if Everett does have a big game, just keep in mind Tyler Lockett most likely not playing in that game. So yeah. it could see an, uh, an uptick in targets, which will help his stat line. I hope so. And Dave's right. You know, Everett's a, a good guy to consider adding, uh, but he could have some inflated stats based on the opportunity with Lockett not there. Okay. And Jamie, the DSTs. Yeah, it's not a bad week. I thought it was going to be ugly, but it's not bad. You know, the Eagles just uh, fall below the threshold, you know, so for wherever they're available, they get the Giants next week with whatever quarterback they're going to start. Uh, the Chargers, even without Bosa, they get the Texans. Uh, Broncos defense has been fantastic. They get the Raiders, and we know the Raiders offense is always, you know, hit or miss. Um, the Chiefs against the Steelers, just because I think if the Chiefs get healthy, they'll be really good. And the Seahawks against the Bears, uh, they're a little bit more dicey. But, um, you know, you take away the uh, the very, very garbage time touchdown for Dustin Fields last night, <laughs> then that Bears offense looked bad 
in, in a lot of ways. All right, so Eagles against the Giants, Chargers at Houston, Broncos uh, at Las Vegas, Chiefs against Pittsburgh, and Seahawks against the Bears. Yeah, it is not bad. It is not bad. And all of those DSTs are rostered in 53% of more or more, 53% or more of leagues. So it is possible that you play in a league where none or one of them is available. We, we can try to dig a little bit deeper later in the show, but you should be able to find one of those. Well, you got the Jaguars and the Jets facing each other, so there's there's opportunities there for one of those two teams. I would lean toward the Jaguars just because they've been better. But you also get you know Trevor Lawrence and how bad he's looked and Robert Sala, so that factors in if you're going on the other side. And then, look, the Falcons' defense, if it's not Jared Goff because he's on yeah. the COVID list, they're not a bad pivot play also. And, and really, I'm glad you brought that up because I kept forgetting to ask. You have a Monroe St. Brown as your number one wide receiver, but are you on waivers this week? But are you? It's obviously factoring in Goff getting cleared, so just keep right. that in mind. Yeah, and I think look, the reality is in most leagues, four teams are left, so you can gamble, and there'll be other players on on waivers, right? I mean, it's not like it's not like ten receivers are going to get picked up off waivers this week. Okay, uh, what else we got here? IDP? Anything in IDP, Dave? I got a list. Give me one sec. All right, I forgot about the kickers. Actually, Jamie, you want to do the kickers first? Uh, well, I will bring up one IDP guy. If you lost Joey Bosa, look at Cam Jordan because he's coming off an amazing game. You know, hopefully that's momentum for him. And he's out there in our IDP league, so I would imagine he's going to be widely available in everybody's. Well, that's because I just dropped him in our IDP league because uh, he was coming off the COVID list and he had not been playing well, and so I stupidly dropped him. Oh uh, well, it didn't matter, Jamie. So congratulations, you jerk. Um, yeah, Jamie. Yeah, Jamie destroyed me in IDP this week. I, I faced both of you this week in games that I was slated to lose, even though no. in the matchup against Dave, I was the higher seed. But Dave's team is much better than mine, and I got lucky that his team struggled a little bit. Um, I and, told you you were projected to beat me by .25 fantasy points. Well, that actually changed uh, after some of my lineup moves. I'm sure your lineup uh, moves. You actually were favored uh, before the weeks, or maybe after Thursday. I don't remember. It had to be after Thursday. Um, but yeah, there was at one point before the Bucks kicked off and you had Brady and Evans, which obviously we know how that went, but I was up by 100 points on you and I said to, uh, it might have been Dave in, in, the, in the green room, that I'm going to lose uh, with you up by, me up by 100 points because you still had Dalvin Cook and Evans and Brady. Brady Evans, Metcalf, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was my best team. This was, uh, you know, I think a lot of people know I had a lot of Tom Brady, so it was not a great week. Your team, your team on paper... My, my my team has really come together. Like at the beginning of the season, I think you beat me easily. Uh, my team has come together nicely, but on paper, your team is in a much better standing, or at least was. But it was uh, going into it. and Dave's too. Well, maybe uh, I, I should nervous. get my I think I had like a fifty point lead on Dave, and Dave had all the Vikings guys, and, and Dave Montgomery. Yeah. Oh, yep, just didn't have enough. I kept thinking I was like game. when Cousins threw the pick and Montgomery had the fumble. I was like, oh, these points are going to come in. They're going to be so huge. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Okay, uh, let's oh, – kickers, kickers. You want some IDPs? Uh, oh, kickers okay. first. Uh, the kickers would be – you know, it's crapshoot. Uh, Mason Crosby against Cleveland. Uh, he's actually turned some, turned the season around. Young Shui Koo. Uh, young Shui Koo. Young Wei. Young Wei. Young Wei Koo against the Lions. Uh, I would look indoors if you can for any of these kickers just because you take the weather out of it. Uh, Daniel Carlson, you never know. As we just saw, Evan McPherson had a long field. I think it was 58 yards in, against the Broncos. Um, that's, oh no, I'm sorry. It's, it's at home. Yeah, it's at home though. Right. Uh, but it's indoors. I'm sorry. Indoors. Uh, Mike Badgley, um, Frank Reich saying he's going to keep the job. So we'll see there. And then Brett Meyer against the Dolphins. So there are some options for you and, and Meyer's uh, available in 98% of leagues. Okay. IDP, Dave. 
I like Robert Quinn at linebacker. He's given us at least six fantasy points in each of his last five games, double digits in two of those five, so he's got a chance to really help you out. Marshawn Lattimore has given you double-digit fantasy points in two of his last three, at least nine IDP points in each of his last three. Keep an eye on Thomas Graham in Chicago. He had 10.5 fantasy points uh, last week or last week, Monday. Uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, and he played well. I'm pretty sure he's going to continue to keep his role. And one guy I'm specifically excited about is Kenny Moore, who's getting all kinds of pub for being like a, a under-the-radar all-pro defensive back. He's been a great slot corner for years. You know that Jacoby Myers is going to see a lot of targets in this game from Mac Jones. Or That was last week. My bad. I've had problems with the schedule for the last <laughs> two days. Jamie will tell you all. I thought the Raiders were playing everybody this week. Um, Kenny Moore has given at least nine and a half fantasy points each of his last two games. Uh, somebody that I think people can still find off their waiver wire. I know usually when you start a defensive back, you don't think about slot corners. But Kenny Moore uh, should end up having a, some pretty decent numbers again this week. Against Arizona, I might add. Yeah, yeah. Marquee game and there. Christian Kirk. Right. He'll see a lot of Christian Kirk. So do we have I, I forget I forgot to do this segment earlier and now I'm surprising you with it, but just deep league guys, Jamie? Yeah. yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah. So I mean obviously quarterback Tyler Huntley, you know, based on what he uh what he just showed you, you know. So there's there's a nice opportunity there for him if you wanna hope that Lamar Jackson doesn't play and maybe the you know Ravens just play cautious because of how well he uh performed, Tyler Huntley did. But that would be the the quarterback option along with Jared Goff. He's at sixteen percent. So you know, again, you got to hope that he clears the uh, COVID protocols and play and is able to play. At running back, obviously, Justin Jackson qualifies. He's at 13%. But Amir Abdullah is at 10%. Uh, Heath was making the case for him on yesterday's HQ show that he's a flex option against the Bucks based on his role in the passing game. And he did have four catches for 48 yards and a touchdown on four targets. You want to keep an eye on the quarterback situation there as well. Um, you could throw both backups to the guys that we're talking about because there is, again, some uncertainty. So Keyshawn Vaughn. If you're stuck, you know, he's going to play on some pass down situations. And then Joshua Kelly, you know, just not knowing what's going to happen there with the Tampa Bay and uh, Charger situation. So there are some good options at running back. And then at receiver, um, I think you look at Josh Reynolds. You know, if you just, you know, get past Amara St. Brown and what Reynolds has done, he's played well recently also. He's at 16%. Uh, Alan Lazard dropped a touchdown or didn't connect on a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers against the Ravens, was coming off a big game prior to that. He's at 21%. Gabriel Davis is at 26%. Uh, obviously, the backup options in Tampa Bay, uh, Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, both get oh, a yeah. opportunity. Uh, Miller is at 0%. Johnson's at 1%. Johnson had more targets last week, but I expect Miller to be better. Uh, Laquan Treadwell is at 2%. Uh, he's obviously been Jacksonville's best wide receiver uh, for the majority of the last month. So he's certainly in play. And then when you go to the tight ends, uh, Dave didn't mention it, but James O'Shaughnessy is coming off a strong game. He had four targets, but four catches, 60 yards, and he has a great matchup against the Jets. So He's my second favorite tight end right now, not factoring in uh, the guys who are playing in today's game with Ricky Seals-Jones and Gerald Everett. Should we have talked up Tyler Johnson a little bit more? Because I think he's the one that has the best chance to replace Godwin in the slot for Tampa Bay. It's, it's just a matter of what they do because they'll they'll play Miller there also. They're going to play Antonio Brown there, I'm sure. You know, he's done that in his past. He hasn't done it very much at Tampa Bay. Uh, and and Evans isn't ruled out yet. So, you know, I think we'll see what they uh, what they decide to do. But I think both guys are definitely in play for sure. I agree that both guys are in play. Uh, my hunch is, is that if if Evans is out, they need somebody on the outside, and AB's been doing that. So I think he fits in there. I think Miller's a good fit anywhere, and they'll they'll rotate them all around. It's not like one guy will 100% be there. But Johnson played a ton of sla- snaps in the slot last week after Godwin got hurt. 
70% of his snaps were in the slot in the second half. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> so I, I wonder if he could end up being like a 10-point PPR guy. That could be his floor against yeah. Carolina this it's week. Also, Plus, it's he also won't the, see a lot of the, Gilmore there. And, and, you know, maybe I should factor some of the tight ends. They're going to play a lot more two tight end sets. So, you know, good luck figuring out if it's O.J. Howard or Cameron Brait. But I think that player yeah matter as well as a godwin replacement too yeah all right we'll take a break here and when we come back we will give you a few names for week 17 if you want to look ahead recap the two monday games and give you some more names off the waiver while we will be right back did you know that while over 60 percent of americans dream of starting their own business less than 20 percent of them take the first step the reason building a business is tough taylor brands is simplifying the business journey from launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Now, last week I gave some week 16 names because I know a lot of people had buys in week 15. You're mostly just playing for week 16 right now. But if you want to look ahead to week 17... Cam Newton's at New Orleans. Justin Fields is at the Giants. Jimmy Garoppolo has Houston, who actually doesn't not give up a lot of fantasy points to quarterbacks. Teams just run on them. But Cam, Fields, Garoppolo, you could look at them. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones gets the Eagles. Cole Komet has the Giants. And here's a big one. If, and I could understand someone dropping the Patriots DST. They're coming off a bad performance against the Colts. They got the Bills this week. They're 94% rostered. I can understand dropping them. They got the Jaguars in Week 17. If anybody drops the Patriots DST, jump on it. Saints against the Panthers. <laughs> uh, Niners against Houston. And the Seahawks. It's, if you want to pick up the Seahawks for a little double dip, uh, they're not bad this week, and they get Detroit in Week 17. There you go. That's Week 17 help. Las Vegas 16, Cleveland 14. Dave, big fantasy takeaways from this one. I, I don't know if there are a ton of them because I don't know what version of the Browns offense is going to show up next week. It was great that Nick Chubb pulled through with a big game. I know his first half was ugly and the second half he got going. I was kind of hoping that he'd break a long run to ice the game for Cleveland on their last possession, but he looked fine. Jacobs continues to have this great role in the, in the past game. I think he looks absolutely fine. Hunter Renfro was a total letdown. I think the Browns did a good job of taking him away. I know he had back-to-back end zone targets from Derek Carr uh, on one drive. I would still have faith and trust in Pixie Dust and Hunter Renfro moving forward, assuming that Darren Waller is out. Zay Jones was a nightmare for much of the game. And then on the last drive, he kind of redeemed himself and made himself someone who could be one of those deep league ads if you're so daring to trust Zay Jones. We're talking 14 teams, three flex spots, guy who might get you 10 PPR points, kind of in that same bucket as Laquan Treadwell that we talked about earlier on. Uh, there's really not a whole heck of a lot else. I'm hoping that Jarvis Landry's back soon. Peoples-Jones had a couple of nice catches in the second half, but there's not really anything there other than the running backs and Hunter Renfro that I think have significant fantasy implications. 
Peoples Jones would have had a pretty damn good game if he had held on to that fairly deep ball up the sideline in the first half. He ended up with four catches for 48 yards. That would have been five for, I don't know, about 70 yards or so. I don't remember how long it was. I mean, it would have been a nice game as a number three. Yeah, right. He would have been coming off a five for 90 game. He would have had about five for about 70 in this one. Um, he's 45% rostered. Oh, Najoku. Oh, so close. So close. I know. Brutal. <laughs> had a touchdown catch overturn. He was just barely out of bounds. Um, he did not have a good game. And uh, yeah, honestly, not not a lot of takeaways there. So we'll go to Minnesota 17 and Chicago 9. Chubb did that two touchdowns. He had the one called Chubb back and hold. had a one, right? That's exactly right. Uh, Minnesota 17, Chicago 9. And Jamie, what are your takeaways from this game? Um... Bears are a very penalized team, and Matt Nagy's got to go. Um, yeah. That was, oh uh, that was ugly. It was a very ugly game. Um, I don't understand what Mike Zimmer was doing, having Dalvin Cook rack up carry after carry after carry when he was doing nothing all game, and they could have had Nwagnu in there doing the same thing or maybe even better uh, when you have Cook on a shoulder injury on a short week. Didn't make any sense to me. So th- those were my two takeaways from that game. Uh, Osborne is probably not trustworthy, so you're going to see him dropped uh, with Thielen most likely coming back this week. That's not a guarantee, but – uh, Conklin could have had a couple touchdowns as well. Um, Patrick Peterson made a great play on one. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Patrick Peterson. Um, Graham made a great play on one. Peterson made a great play on a Jimmy Graham uh, touchdown. Yeah. Uh, but in any event, um, you know, frustrating night, obviously. Dalvin Cook, disappointing. Justin Jefferson scored, but disappointing. Uh, Osborne, disappointing. Bears going to have a nice secondary next year with Johnson and Graham when, uh, when they get the right coach in place. So, Jamie, where did Cousins, where did Kirk Cousins go to college? He went to Michigan State. He did go to Michigan State. That's a pretty solid school. I'd love to go to Michigan State. And now I'm going to let proud Papa Dave Richards share his news that he has been <laughs> beaming about. My son has been accepted into Michigan State University. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that. So if anybody out there went to Michigan State or you're you're from central Michigan, reach out on uh, on Twitter. It's a good way to get in contact with me. We can talk a little fantasy too. So it looks like I'm going to be making a trip up to East Lansing at some point in the next few months and checking out the campus and seeing if my son's a good fit for Michigan state. So is that why you're wearing that. that shirt today. What this shirt? It is basically Michigan state colors. No, I'm wearing it because the early edge is the most awesome sports betting podcast and YouTube stream. It's that's true. on the internet. It's hosted true. by the coach, Jonathan Coachman. Is it true, then, the rumors that your son attended the Miami-Michigan State game and decided he was going to go to whichever team won the game? <laughs> no, that is not what happened. All right, well, But, but I can tell you this. If he gets into Miami, there is no choice for him. He won't go to Michigan State. Okay, all right. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I do want to stay on this game for a second. Kirk Cousins... You know, 87 yards, but he did throw two touchdowns. And now that I, th- I think that's seven in a row with multiple, yeah, seven in a row with multiple touchdown passes in a quarterback landscape where just it's hard to trust guys. There's probably five guys, you know, uh, that are really trustworthy right now. Is Kirk Cousins a must start in your eyes, even against the Los Angeles Rams this week? No. So, r- waiver wire or Cousins? Uh, Roethlisberger over Cousins. And Huntley over Cousins for me. All right. And David Montgomery, the lo- love the catches. I was skeptical. I said I wanted to see it one more time. What happened? It's five or more catches in three straight games. Um, must start? Yeah. Feel good? Okay. Yeah, but I would do it with top 
15-ish expectations. I like Jones better, and I would start Jackson over him if Eckler's out. Darnell Mooney, 57% roster, uh, started, 93% rostered. Not a bad game, and he had a, he had one almost touchdown. He couldn't come yeah. down in bounds. Then he was open in the end zone. It would have required a pretty good throw not long after, and, and Fields missed him. If Fields, and this is where his development comes, um, the fumble when he got stripped on trying to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Booney stopped his route, and Fields continued to run. If Fields does what you see Mahomes do a lot, where he gets the line of scrimmage and starts to drift, and Mooney keeps his route, he's got a wide-open touchdown because the cornerback or the safety, whoever it was, uh, who, who, who caused the fumble, committed to the run. And yes. Mooney would kind of just stand there in flat. He could have thrown it to Mooney, and Mooney would have like a three-yard gain. But if Mooney just continues down the sideline, it's an easy touchdown. And we saw that in the preseason, and that was one of the selling points on Justin Fields is that he can manipulate defenses with his legs, and I'm surprised it didn't happen then. There's been multiple examples of that this year with him. Well, to finish up here, uh, do you think Mooney is a top 30 wide receiver this week? Yes. He's in that range. At Seattle. Uh, See how Seattle does against Cup, forget. I mean, obviously Cup's going to do well, but... OBJ. Like I said, it's one touchdown. I don't yeah. forget. One touchdown in their last nine games to a wide receiver, something like that. Let's see how they do against Beckham and Van Jefferson. It might influence how you approach uh, Darnell well, Mooney. It, it, I mean, these guys are in a brutal situation because of a short week. Which guys? The Seahawks. The Seahawks, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. All right, time for the waiver wire again. So the shallower league guys are Taysom Hill, Garoppolo, and Tua. Taysom and Tua facing off against each other, and Garoppolo Thursday against Tennessee. Jamie, who's your favorite of those three? Uh, still Taysom. You know, uh, this is this is your favorite spot, Adam. Primetime Saints game at home. Oh, I love it. And that's why... <laughs> should, I, should we fear the Dolphins passing game? This is a tough environment uh, to go uh, into. It is a tough environment, and we'll see. You know, I mean, look, the Dolphins were a letdown this week, and so... Uh, Saints coming off an amazing defensive performance. Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about Tua, but he does get waddled back. I think that'll matter. Um, you know, so get to see what he's, you know, doing against a team that is uh struggled against the pass. You know, prior to the Bucks game, they had been a very forgiving defense to a lot of opposing quarterbacks. So I, I don't think Tua is somebody you necessarily run away from. Like I I have him, uh the team I share with Todd Rollins in the podcast league, you know, we're starting Tua. Um but I think it's more of a 14-team league situation as opposed to a 12-team league situation. And I know you like Roethlisberger better than them, and Huntley would be number two. Uh, what about Cam Newton, Dave? How do you feel about Cam Newton? He's facing the Bucks. Uh, they, I think that I would say they've been pretty decent against mobile quarterbacks this season. Jalen Hurts had two touchdowns, but he had 10 for 44. Justin Fields had 8 for 38. This is rushing. Josh Allen mm-hmm. had 109 yards and a touchdown, but Taysom Hill, 11 for 33. So how do you feel about Cam Newton? He's been very, very up and down. I don't want to trust him if I don't have to. Pretty much every quarterback that we've talked about so far, I'd rather start ahead of Newton this week. This Tampa Bay defense, I think it's three quarterbacks in their last nine games have had 20-plus fantasy points against them. I'm I'm just I'm not feeling good about Cam Newton. He didn't get benched last week, but he certainly could have, and he still might mm-hmm. if he struggles again. We got this question in the chat right here from Swaggy P, not to be confused with Shraggy B. Why would anyone still be streaming a quarterback at this point? And I, I'm just look at your quarterbacks. How do people feel about Dak Prescott right now? How do people feel about Tom Brady right now? How do people feel about Kyler Murray without DeAndre Hopkins? I don't know. I mean, they might be looking at the waiver wire. It's not the best week. I had uh, my, my cousin, who is uh, very 
very good fantasy player uh, coming off a season where he won his league last year, very competitive league. And he's got a, he had a buy. And so he's, he's sweating Josh Allen versus Jared Goff. Like, he's like, why would I play Josh Allen against the Patriots when I know he's going to struggle when Jared Goff gets the Falcons and has been great two of the last three weeks. And I was like, I can't do that myself. Like I, yeah, I have that no situation. Way. I have Josh Allen in, in four semifinals. Um, one of which I have Kyler Murray. So that's a tough one for me. Uh, to, to consider, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go that route. But I I certainly see where people are concerned about the scenarios that you posed, Adam, for sure. Yeah, it's just been a rough, rough stretch for quarterback play. It, please listen to the Monday podcast. It's pretty early in the show, uh, first ten minutes or so, I'd say. Chris lays it out. The stats are really eye popping. How bad quarterback play has been for I think about eight weeks now. The averages. I think it's seven weeks. The averages are so much lower than they were in the first half of the NFL season. You can keep, uh, you can look at Jared Goff against the Falcons. Goff has uh, 16, 25, 13, and 26 points in his last four games. And The, the two Falcons, good ones have been at home. That's the only concerning thing, I think. Okay. Well, the Falcons, I mean, it's a dome, and uh, and they stink. And then you got to get over the fact that you might be trusting your fantasy semifinal with Jared Goff. Right. I know, but he's been playing great. There's no question about it. The receiving core has stepped up. The offensive line's protected him well, but it's still getting over that mental hurdle. Yeah, and Fields has given you 18 or more points in four straight games. So that he's got Seattle, which has been a very tough matchup lately. Uh, any interest in Davis Mills going up against the Chargers, who will not have Bosa? No, that secondary's still been really good. You know, I know Mahomes carved him up, but that's Mahomes. Yeah, it took him a while to carve them up, too. All right, running backs. Another big hurdle that you're going to have to get over to start Davis Mills. Is what? You're starting Davis Mills. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's your fantasy semifinal. A ticket to the championship, and you're going to start Mills over someone who's helped you get there along the way. It's not easy to do. No. You know, just just to think about this, Adam, and, and this is where, you know, people could be coming at it. So the quarterbacks who you trusted going into week 15 that were successful were Mahomes, Rodgers, Herbert, and Allen, right? Those four all delivered strong performances. Yeah. The number one quarterback for last week was Tyler Huntley. Yep. Cam Newton was in the top six. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff was in the top eight. Mac Jones, number nine. Justin Fields, number 10. Yeah, and and not just that, just how bad Brady was and, and the obvious concerns about Brady right now. And Dak has is really struggling. And Kyler, I mean, I think people are going to mostly go back to him, but um, yeah, it's it's a, an interesting time. And Well, it's also, you know, we, we said Tua against the Jets. Yeah. Can't miss. He missed. Yeah, he missed. Mm-hmm. Did he Jason finish? has been great. Did he Tua missed. finish top 12, 15? Because it was such a bad week. Tua did, yeah. He was 12th or what? Uh, he, well, he's well, behind the great Jared Goff and Mac Jones, but, you know, he was right there. Yeah. Still two games left, four quarterbacks. And we still have, right, right, four more quarterbacks to play. All right, let's go to the running backs. Let's talk about the shallow league guys. We haven't talked about uh, them yet. Gary Gilbert might creep into the top 12. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about Devin Singletary and Jamal Williams, if they're available? Who do you like better? Singletary is the the piece de resistance. It looks like he's going to be the number one running back for Buffalo from this point on. And he's looked good. Patriots' run defense isn't exactly a dominant unit. I know that Jonathan Taylor eventually busted through to have a big game against them, but they've allowed a bunch of games lately with over 100 total yards to a running back, and I think that could be baked into Singletary's ceiling. 
We know that he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. And it seems like, again, they're committed to using him, playing him 80-plus percent of the snaps. I think it's each of the last two games. So this is absolutely a guy that you can grab and potentially start as a number two running back in those shallower leagues. Ronald Jones or Devin Singletary? I'd rather have Jones. There's there's way more. I know. That was an easy one. All right, how how about Justin Jackson or Devin Singletary? Jackson. Jackson, if Eckler's out. All right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you have to make this decision on Wednesday night, you're not. If you're not going to get both, do you play it safe and go with Singletary? Or you take the chance on Jackson. Jackson. Okay. Ooh. And Jamal Williams. Do you think he's better than Craig Reynolds? No, but the only reason no. I put him there was just because we don't know. You know, I mean, there there are so many right. moving parts with this Lions backfield. If Swift is back, obviously he's the best, or at least he should be. Um, I would anticipate Reynolds being ahead of Williams just based on what he's shown you, but yes, you don't know, you know, so right. um, I think it's not a bad scenario if, you know, like we have so many scenarios, so many leagues where you're carrying player X for whatever reason, Jerry Judy, I'd rather take a chance on Jamal Williams to see what happens there than still roster Jerry Judy at this point or Emmanuel Sanders or, um, you, you know, throw out whatever third, fourth wide receiver that you haven't been playing for a month just because, Oh, this might be the week. No. So if we get to Sunday and Swift is out still and you say, okay, maybe I need a flex for this week because I'm stuck because of a COVID scenario or what, I think Williams is still probably going to be in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 touches, even with Reynolds there. So that's on the optimistic side, but I still think it's worth rostering Williams just to find out. I mean, what if Reynolds comes down with COVID? Well, Reynolds is 44% rostered. So how much of a priority should he be? Would you pick up Reynolds or Duke Johnson? I would pick up Reynolds because of his matchup against the Falcons and what, you know, we, we could, if you tell me right now, Swift is out. Reynolds is my favorite Lions running back, probably by a significant margin. Well, it's how not would about, they, you know, whether you pick up these guys or whether you start them. Well, then how would he compare? If I told you Swift were out, how would he compare to, I know it's not going to be Ronald Jones, but how would he compare to Justin Jackson and Samaje P. Ryan and Jeff Wilson? Uh, if Eckler's out, I like Jackson significantly better, but uh, the, the next three guys are definitely in the same range. Um, you know, I think you look right. at, again, the matchup for the Falcons is fantastic for Reynolds, but what does Williams do? Um, exactly. Duke, Duke Johnson's behind those guys just because of the matchup against the Saints. And I also think, you know, while Duke Johnson was great, and you, you tweeted a, a very good stat about what Duke Johnson has done by comparison to Miles Gaston from what the Miami Herald has reported. Um, I just don't know how much of that was, okay, Gaskin didn't practice. Duke's been practicing for basically two weeks because, remember, Miles Gaskin was on the COVID list during their bye week. So they like what they saw in Duke Johnson, but does that mean they completely stay in the same roles? Or does Gaskin get more of a piece of the pie back? Plus you have maybe Malcolm Brown back, plus Philip Lindsay back. So it just there's so many moving parts of the Dolphins too. And we're just we're not gonna know where where their head's at. And it's the same thing in Detroit. We 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 can watch Craig Reynolds play in the last two weeks. He's looked good. He really might be their second best running back behind DeAndre Swift. I think the case can be made that Reynolds is a better running back than Williams. But we don't know if they're going to agree with that statement. And the same thing with Miami. We don't know if it's Duke Johnson just getting a hot hand against the Jets. And how is he going to do? How, can he get a, Can anybody in that backfield get a hot hand against the Saints? Yeah. So there's a lot of risk with both of those backfields. Jamie referred to the tweet I had uh, from the Herald. Uh, it meant Duke Johnson rushed for 22 yards more than expected, according to NFL Next Gen Stats. Gaskin has run for fewer yards than expected this season. 
I would bet, though, that Gaskin ran for more yards per expected just last week against the Jets, if you just looked at that game, because he had oh, his longest run of the year. Uh, but, right, I mean, even if they said Duke Johnson is our guy, it's just such a tough matchup against the Saints. So, um, tough to trust. And Amir Abdullah would be good in PPR. Any interest at all in Rex Burkhead getting the Chargers, who have struggled against running backs, and he had 17 touches last week. I was surprised he even played. I mean, they were, they were talking all week as if he was out. And uh, David Cull even said that David Johnson's our lead guy going into, I think it was Friday. Um, no, I mean, we've just seen enough of what this this running back situation is. They don't score touchdowns. Um, you know, you've said it, that the Chargers run defense has played better. They give up touchdowns. I don't, I don't care that Bosa's not there. I'm still not trusting. Cool. Situation. All right, let's go to the wide receivers. We talked about uh, Antonio Brown and Russell Gage, but Tyler Boyd has not been mentioned yet. He is 68% rostered, and he's been pretty solid. Four of his last five games, nine and a half or more PPR fantasy points. Is that good? No, not. but it's not a terrible floor. Um, and Baltimore, we know they've been struggling against receivers. 80 or more yards to eight wide receivers in their last six games. So if Tyler Boyd and Amonra St. Brown are out there, who's it going to be? St. Brown. By a lot. Yes. If Tyler Boyd and Josh Reynolds are out there, who's it going to be? Um, Boyd. I think you'll feel better about Boyd, especially if there's no Jared Goff. Tyler Boyd or MVS? Valdez Scantling for me. Uh, Valdez Scantling for me as well. All right, yeah. The we, thing with Boyd has really only stepped up when uh, this was the first game. I think it was the first game, maybe the Steelers game. You can make the same argument where they didn't necessarily play in a comeback effort. It was a close nip and tuck game, pretty much all game long between the Broncos and the Bengals. And so it, it was just kind of like a lucky play for Boyd, which is exactly what made his stat line in their first matchup against Pittsburgh. You might remember that play where he made a catch over the middle, bounced off a defender, yeah. found himself in the end zone. So I, I think it's a little bit of luck when it comes to Tyler Boyd. And I would still expect the other two receivers to do better in Cincinnati. But I think there's a smash spot for both them and Joe Burrow against these Ravens that typically play man. Burrow plays great against man. And their secondary is just so disheveled right now. In his last, or go back to week seven. So essentially when T. Higgins has been back. So all three receivers healthy. Boyd has one, two, three, four, five games with six or more targets. And in those five games, he scored at least 11 PPR points four times. The one time he did not was against Baltimore when he had four catches for 39 yards. A game that they were well ahead in. Yeah. Did their damage with other receivers. So... MVS is pretty interesting. It's three encouraging games in a row, I think you'd say, with seven or more targets. Three, three out of his last four, sorry. He had a dud against Chicago just a few weeks ago, three catches. And that was the game yards. where Lazard was great. Yeah. Yeah, so is it just too tough to trust these guys? They get Cleveland this week. This is like a poor man's Rams situation because you have the guy at the top is amazing. You're starting him across the board. And the Rams, you feel comfortable starting the second two guys. The Packers, not as much. So I think you just take a chance on Valdez Cantling as a number three receiver. He's a guy that can win you your week. He's a guy that most likely won't lose you your week, depending on who else your number three receiver might be. Um, but could conceivably do that if your number three receiver is an, uh, a decent player. But I think you just look at what the upside is and and what he's shown you. Uh, Rodgers is leaning on him a lot lately, like you said, Adam, with the targets. Um, but Lazard also, I wouldn't forget about him. Like I said, he should have had a touchdown against Baltimore. He was wide open. Rodgers missed him. It allowed Baltimore to come back in the game. Um, and so uh, I think he's also certainly in play as long as Randall Cobb is out and Cobb's not playing this week. 
And Gabriel Davis coming off a great game, five catches, 85 yards, two touchdowns on seven targets against the Panthers. And he's just this low on the list, Jamie, because of the matchup against the Patriots. Yeah, and Sanders might return. So, you know, you got to factor that in too. So, All right. um, I think he's he should play ahead of Sanders at this point. Uh, we've been saying that now for, you know, about a month. Um, but he's, he's looking much better. And Josh Allen's certainly leaning on him. So, uh, I like him better than Beasley. To wrap things up here with wide receiver, we mentioned Treadwell, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller as deep league options. Uh, Jacoby Myers. If Kendrick Bourne is out, could be even more targets for Myers. He did have 12 last week. Nelson Aguilar also left with a concussion. So um, could be a lot of targets for Jacoby Myers, 54% rostered. Unfortunately, he's facing the Bills. And Marquez Callaway coming off a 112-yard game. I don't think we're really buying that. Um, all right, let's go to the tight ends. Hunter Henry is 69% rostered. So he had a huge game. And as I already just mentioned, Bourne's on the COVID list and Aguilar concussion protocols. Do you think Hunter Henry, could he, is he a top 12 guy this week? Uh, he is, but we, we know what the game plan was against Buffalo last time. Obviously, the weather was the big reason why. I think. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, there's such a huge opportunity here. You know, so if you're, if you're rooting for Hunter Henry, you're rooting for the Bills to score early and forcing the Patriots to have to throw. Uh, Mac Jones was looking for him a lot. Uh, we know he's been a good red zone threat all season long. And so with those other guys out, yeah, I think it's an easy easy consideration for Hunter Henry as a number one tenant. But I like him better in non and half PPR than full PPR. I think there are a couple of other tight ends like Cole Komet, Noah Fant, who we know can get decent target volume. I, I would take chances on them. We know this Bills defense, only two tight ends all year have had 10 plus half PPR points against them. Some of that has to do with the fact that they haven't really played a lot of great tight ends. Obviously, the first matchup against the Patriots you can throw out. But I think they do a decent job taking away tight ends, and they'll know that Hunter Henry will be a primary target in the red zone. Would you rather have Hunter Henry or Tyler Higby if he's back? They're about the same roster percentage. Higby at Minnesota. Henry. I think I'd rather... You guys are out. Definitely Henry and non-PPR. Because I just don't think Higby's got a great shot to score. But Higby could still get you 10 PPR points. All right, and we're looking at Cole Komet, James O'Shaughnessy, and blah, David Njoku. Yeah, it's not oh. it's not great on that tight end. Uh, DSTs, Eagles. Yes. <laughs> Chargers, Broncos, uh, Chiefs, and Seahawks. Let me see something. Who are the uh, The Rams are facing Minnesota. Yeah, if you have the... You you still have you might have the opportunity to pick up the Eagles defense right now. It's possible if you've already won your matchup or something, and you have. I don't, uh, know, I, I don't, I don't know that I drop the Rams for them. Uh, I would, but you could you drop the matchup? bench. Yeah, I, I would drop. I would rather start the Eagles next week than the Rams. Eagles against the Giants, Rams against the Vikings. What if you've got Tyler Higby? Right, and you've already you won your matchup. You can drop Higby and get the Eagles defense. Drop Everett if you're carrying him. Drop. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Not Metcalf. He does nothing. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> All on. right. Just making sure I'm on my toes here, Jamie. Okay. What about Devontae Smith? Do you drop Devontae Smith? If I'm not starting him, yes, I would. I think I would too. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, good show today. We'll see I'm you at Warren. What's he done? Six o'clock. And Schrager pointing oh, McKissick, out. You drop him. Yeah, there you go. You can drop McKissick. Yeah. Shagger pointing out that on other sites, non-CBS, you can drop any bench players. So get the Eagles DST if they're available. All right, we'll talk to you at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. See you later.
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.